This morning's reflection is about what the Buddha called the conceit of self. One of the most prevalent and pervasive ways that this deeply rooted habit of conceit, this conceit of self, binds us is perpetuated through the comparing mind. It's a great gift to ourselves to begin to wake up to seeing the process of comparing oneself with others over and over again and seeing that it only perpetuates the learned feeling of being deficient or being inadequate in some way or it perpetuates the learned feeling of being better than or the very best. We then begin to, as we begin to see this, we begin to then understand one of the primary reasons that we live with such a constant underlying or maybe not so underlying feeling of uncertainty and tension, stress. It's this conceit of self that usurps the power, that usurps the vitality of presence, usurps being really truly present. It's this conceit of self that blocks mindful awareness of simply and clearly just being with with what is, being present with what is. We set ourselves apart. We separate ourselves with this conceit. We separate ourselves from experience, from others, from the vitality of life itself. And it's an endlessly unsatisfying, painful process. And most certainly a major source of suffering in this human realm. Another way that conceit of self can show up in our practice and in our life as our practice is that all too often our idea of what it means to be really honest with ourselves, about ourselves, is primarily perceived as admitting our weaknesses, admitting our faults, admitting all of the unskillful, all of the bad things we've done. And we could call this another facet of the conceit of self. Identifying and dwelling in this negative idea of ourself, this negative image of who we are, is how guilt, sorrow, and anguish are nurtured. The Buddha instructs us to recognize, acknowledge, and rejoice in ourselves. We can reflect on the ways that we've been of service to and cared for others. Reflect on the choices that we've made that have been absolutely appropriate 
and wise at any given time. We can reflect and rejoice in the times when our heart, our mind has been really clearly present, connected, and when the heart has emanated loving kindness, compassion, or joy in relationship to others. And of course, the possibility of rejoicing in the fact that we've had the great good fortune to meet and connect with the teachings and the practices of the Buddha and are now here practicing. I think that it's really important to take the Buddha's instruction to heart. Rejoicing in ourselves isn't a call for arrogance or a call for self-centeredness, but rather just the simple recognition and acknowledgement of our goodness, our success, our healthy human beingness. It's essential to begin to be able to rejoice in ourselves, not in a prideful way, not in a conceited way, but as a means of generating the respect, the love, the confidence, joy, and sense of well-being in relationship to ourselves that's essential and natural to the awakening heart, the awakening mind. This is really an important aspect of cultivating the wholesome heart, the wholesome mind, that's essential for the process of practice to develop and to deepen and to blossom as we make our way on this path to liberation. Until we're liberated, until we're awakened, in the Buddha's words, tis the self by which we suffer.'" 